This is episode 240 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Controlling Compound Financial. They teach real estate investors how to multiply their wealth using infinite banking strategies. For a complimentary wealth coaching session or to learn more, visit www.controllingcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines. Welcome back to the show. Today I have Cody Yeh on and Cody was on the show back before episode 100. I think it was right around episode 96 or something like that. And this was like the end of 2020. Uh, back then people were getting very, very interested in options trading. So that was a very popular thing. And then for the past few years, we haven't really heard a whole lot about that. And primarily, I think that's because a lot of people uh, had uh, a bit of a rough go, uh, specifically in the last year or last year and a half where they ended up, you know, potentially making some moves and it cost them some money. So I, I find that that's pretty common. People don't like to talk about their losses. So things just go quiet. So it was interesting to me that Cody's still doing that. Uh, in this episode, we talked about uh, that. Of course, we also talked about his his primary residence, and then a common issue with Airbnbs and the whole HST treatment. So this is a constant thing that people have been worried about, especially with the arbitrage situation. Less common now since uh, arbitrage is not nearly as common here in Canada because the numbers don't really work or the municipalities don't really allow it to work. I guess more the latter, the municipalities really aren't allowing it. So, But it was an interesting conversation none, nonetheless. Lots of gold nuggets from Cody. He's a high performer, business-minded guy, success-minded guy, and uh, he's building an organization. He's an entrepreneur, and I like having that type on this show because real estate investors are entrepreneurs and as we scale we sort of take it to that next level of course there's some people who just want to buy a rental property but then we've got those that uh, that want to go big and and we've got something for everybody here so please enjoy that uh, just before we jump in if you could kindly do all those things that help get this podcast out there share it with a friend you know like subscribe reviews are great if you can leave a five-star review, if you haven't already done that, please just take a moment to do that. It really helps get uh, get the word out there. And then, like I said, of course, you sharing it with somebody you think would enjoy it is uh, is another great thing. I find that this podcast primarily grows by people just telling their friends about it. So please don't hesitate to do so. And a reminder that we host the monthly GTA West REI meetup at West Ave Cider. Uh, please make sure you're in our private group so that you can get notified about the next event, which will be happening in September. Now, without further ado, let's jump into the episode with Cody A. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I've got Cody A back on the show. It's been, I don't know, a long time, like 140 episodes ago, something <laughs> like that. It's about two, three years ago. Yeah. Yes. Because I think you were like episode 96 or somewhere around that. Yeah. I could, I, if I'm December not December 2020, I think. Really? Yeah. So a long time. Um, yeah. So a while we do about 50 episodes a year. So we're looking at about three years ago. Um, and uh, I don't know what you've been up to. We, we saw each other just recently at my golf event and uh, yeah, you're back for the catch up. So thanks for doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, so the last three years, definitely really interesting. Um, we only bought one real estate. Well, we were trying to buy some stuff down in the U.S., like the Cape Coral. Yeah, we were talking about Cape Coral. I know you had put an offer in on something. We were just talking about something interesting uh, before this, which we'll get into. Um, what else did you get into? So, so yeah, that was, um, we were actually, I, my money was down there, put in deposit, but the seller just won't budge. We think they overpriced. So we pull it back. Yeah. And I think since then, the listing dropped like 300K in one year. Is so, it still listed? I didn't check, but yeah. there's similar houses in the neighbor that still yeah. listed. 
right. so you're looking at naples park which uh, anyone who's been to naples is really uh it's a really nice place and naples park is like that area that you can do airbnb unrestricted because there's no hoa so i know many people who are invested in naples park yeah and there's a like jacob perez and all that they all yeah. have something in there yeah. um matt has so got that matt uh, Piché, yeah another buddy uh of mine francesco Pretta, he's been on the show yeah uh, yeah and there's uh i'm sure there's many more i don't know about yeah, yeah. so that kind of took on a, a pause and i'm like okay then we're looking at you know because the whole garden suite was a interesting thing and you know at first you know claude that my fiance well back then was a girlfriend then we got engaged last year congrats uh thank you and um that's a year ago and we're thinking, okay, if we're ever gonna have kids, like, we should probably uh, have a home. And we're like, you know what? It'll be a good chance to build one. Um, so we we bought right at the hype before the interest rate drop. And right at, I think, what was that? March, 2021, we, mm -hmm. we closed on March 14. Uh, uh, a big lot, like 53 by 220. And mm -hmm. like Bowmanville, for people who doesn't know, that's east of Oshawa. Mm -hmm. a 15 minute drive and we bought that land and turned the house up front to a legal duplex and we started building a house in the back and mm -hmm. um it cost some money but the idea was that we could eventually move in or would move in and um, which which house would you move into oh of course the house in the back the house in the back yeah and is that one's the one we were talking about it's on airbnb now yeah yeah that yeah, one's okay. the one we're talking about that's on airbnb um like we we kind of have to at first, we're like very excited, make it really nice. Like this is the way mm -hmm. we're gonna do it if we move in. Two bedroom up, two bedroom down, 11 feet ceiling, main floor, 10 feet in the basement. There was no zoning restrictions to say that your garden suite couldn't be like monstrous or did you just have a really big lot? So <laughs> for people who are listening to this, I, I believe I was the first one to build a so-called additional dwelling unit. They don't even call it garden suite. And the city was very flexible. Yeah, because when we submitted our drawing, the city actually told us that hey, you can go even higher. I thought the maximum height was five point two five meter. We thought it was to the the lower end of the roof. They were like, no, it's right to the middle of the pitch. Mm -hmm. But okay, well we have a few four feet. Okay, let's build it up even more. So there wasn't right. So because yeah, there's municipalities that say like you can only go ten percent of the existing footprint of the house, like so, like a, basically a shed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is not going to work. But I mean, every municipality sort of does it a little different, I guess. And yeah. and this is what I found as well as you go with those smaller municipalities who just haven't seen a lot and they're less organized. Yeah, they, they're more like, oh yeah, we could work with you on something like that. Yeah, and I make sure that I hire local people. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, like, it's funny. First day we closed on the house, our contractor came in with six jackhammer in the mm -hmm. basement and we were like digging some stuff because there was a unlevel concrete. Mm -hmm. They call on the OPP and because OPP came and they're like, where do you live? They're like, oh, I'm right down next block. Like, okay, fine. They walk away. But if a sound contractor from Toronto, I think they would be really really strict on it right and that was the thing and then the drafter was local like all my contractors were local so that was a lot easier to work with the neighbors were a lot happier yeah and we make sure we work with them we have fans coming up right seven feet fans like not just chain link we took down the chain link put out the fence yeah just to make sure we all keep as much privacy as possible and then we don't bother them and all that so there's a lot of interesting things that go into it and 
Yeah, now it's... Uh, How big's the lot? Uh, 53 by 220. 53 by 220. So a good size lot. Good Is size it in lot. town? It's right in town. It's five minutes walk from the hospital, from the Bowmanville Hospital. So how will your parking situation work for ah, the rear house? Good question. So at first we have a house up front mm -hmm. and there was a garage attached to it kind of thing, kind of like that. Okay. And then we took the garage down. Yeah, so you could drive through, right? Drive through it. And then our parking lot is in the middle. So we okay, have so people can park behind the house. Yeah, behind the, the front, front house, house. We have five parallel parking. Yeah. We can literally park if we really scram it, maybe like 12 to 16 cars if we really want. Yeah. In the middle. We just have to watch out the storm water because that was what city was worried about. So we have to like <laughs> pull it back a little bit, give it enough green space. But we oh, have okay. like four, like tenant parking for the front house. And we have a front parking pad as well. We check with the city. They're like, yeah, it's yours. Do whatever you want. Hmm. Unless it's, unless some municipalities won't let you have parking. I know, in Hamilton front of the house. doesn't let yeah. you, right? Yeah, yeah. Unless it's less than 50%, I'm like, send me an email. Send me an email. Yeah, you got to get that in writing. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then we get the, yeah. then we have four more parking for the back house. We can park up to six, really. So, yeah. And how big is the back house? Uh, it's one square feet smaller than the front house. In terms of 2D. Is that, was that the restriction? It just had to yeah. be a little smaller than it the It has front to be of? smaller, so we loaded one square feet smaller. So what's the total square footage like? I think 950 maybe. 950 square yeah. feet. Yeah, and I you can get four it. bedrooms into 950 square feet. Yeah, two up, two down. So two up and two down. Is it like a loft, like upstairs? No, it's kind of like a bungalow. So right, you walk up into it, and it's okay. like a bungalow, and then you have a basement, right? So like, a, would it be a one and a half story then, or? Or you're saying the main, oh, the down is the basement. Down is the oh, basement. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying like the main floor. Okay. My apologies. Yeah. yeah. So just a bungalow, nothing in the loft. It's just an attic. Yeah. Uh, you got tall ceilings though. And then you got yeah. a basement. It looks kind of bigger than the front house, but in yeah. terms of square footage, we're smaller. One square foot. So 950 square foot footprint, full usable basement. Yeah. So almost 2000 square feet of floor space. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, that's workable. That's workable. Yeah. It's uh, we're, we're killing it on Airbnb and I brought up other income issue and all that we got to sort it out yeah yeah <laughs> are you like are you good to talk about some of that on here? well we're still on the figuring out phase i talk about yeah. accountants there's no conclusion on it and then i think you told yeah. me some of your ideas on it yeah well there's a there's a an issue with in, in i would challenge people to go check with your accountants on this because it's a cra like w let's let's just lay it out there so for an airbnb that's a new build like people are assessing taxes. So say I wanted to take a property and sell it. The buyer is going to have a built-in piece of HST in that. If I if I go from ground up construction and I sell it, I got to register for HST, charge HST, uh, you know, seller's going to pay it. It affects my, my sale price because I'm going to have to net off 13%. Yeah. Um, however, if I wanted to rent it, you might think, oh, I can avoid the HST by not, not selling it. Well, no, CRA expects you to self-assess what you're worth pay that HST net of any HST you paid to build it. So if you paid the contractors all 13%, you'd be getting that back. But my argument, and I want people to check this with their accountants because I, I'm not an accountant. I'm just, this is just my logic. I've had many conversations. Like say for instance, I was building a commercial storage facility or commercial retail. Um, the end user is the customers that, that are being charged HST on the goods. So the 10, so the, um, the tenants who rent the space pay HST and then they charge their customers HST. So and end users ultimately get charged, which is the idea allegedly of HST. Uh, so 
I wouldn't assess. That's my my understanding is that I would not assess that commercial space for HST. I would just build it, get all the HST I paid back. And, you know, if I paid the contract, Joe contractor, you know, a million dollars to build it, uh, you know, he got one, 130,000 in HST. Uh, so then I would apply to get that back from the government. Yeah. Not assess, but then I would go ahead and charge my tenants HST. So why would it be any different if you were doing it with an Airbnb? Like if you're doing Where it with- Where are you a, char charging HST on Airbnb? Airbnb, you charge yeah. your, your guests HST if you're over the threshold, the $30,000 threshold. So this is the conversation Cody and I were having is, <laughs> you know, should should he be entitled to be getting a, an amount of HST back for one, everything he paid uh, to yeah. the contractors and then the assessed amount on it? Yeah. So, um, which is uh, something you're, you're doing some research on. I've been doing it for months and yeah. we haven't even taken any money from Airbnb. We have like multiple five figures hold up on that because we want to make yeah. sure when it's pay out, it's correctly yeah. pay out to the right account. Yeah. The right thing. So we're holding yeah. back a lot of money on Airbnb side. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure like there's retroactive stuff you can do, which we were talking about off camera. Like. I'm pretty sure a good accountant can correct these situations, backdate them. Cause I went through an issue where I wanted to adjust my HST registration date. And they said, oh yeah, you just have to mail into the Timmins office with, with what your request is. So there is a way now what that accomplishes. Now I'm, I'm no expert. Uh, don't pretend to be um, just, I think it's a valid and interesting discussion. And I think a lot of people are kind of concerned with Airbnb and the HST implication, maybe less so these days, since every municipality is cracking down. But yeah. if you're using a house for exclusively uh, HST, the whole reason I became aware of this, that for exclusively short-term rental, that's considered applicable for charging HST. So anything less than a month or 30, 28 days. 28 days, yeah. Yeah, so anything less than, or 28 days or less uh, would, would qualify that you have to charge the 13%. And one of the nasty little implications of that which I've never heard an accountant say they had a, had a full bulletproof uh, solution for, was that if you're using it for commercial use, then when you go back to sell that house to somebody else, you would now need to charge HST to convert it back to residential. That was the biggest thing. That was yeah. the biggest fear So, so mine, yeah. So for, for you, the position is more gonna be, it was always commercial. And that would be me. If it were me, that would be how I would be approaching it. With you know, of course, I would consult with the professionals and and uh, get their blessing. But uh, yeah, because obviously you you know eventually you want that to be your home. But until then, um, and, and that's the part where it makes it even more complicated is that yeah that layer. we start honestly like Claude and I start honestly thinking about if we ever have kids, are yeah. we going to live there? Because our in laws mm -hmm. is in Oakville. My mom is in Toronto. So are we going to live an hour or two away to get the amount of support we needed? Yeah. Is that realistic? Yeah, we have a lot of space, but yeah. are we going to go out for lunch or dinner on Friday? Is that realistic? So that's when we're thinking maybe we're never, maybe, ever. maybe not ever, right? Yeah. So, and, and then maybe forever, like say that's one hypothetical direction you could go with it is to just have it be a forever HST um, applicable use. Um, so the government should theoretically be happy because they're getting quote unquote theirs uh, <laughs> for a very important reason. Uh, so they should that technically be happy because yeah. you're charging it to the end user. You're going to be remitting the, the whole time for that. So um, these conversations like I do and I don't like getting into them because one, I think it's all BS at the end of the day. But <laughs> if you're going to play the game, <laughs> yeah, know what their expectations are. Yeah. yeah, I just learned that you just pay enough 
to say that you pay it, and it's a lot easier if we come to that point we need to negotiate, right? But、mm-hmm. if you pay nothing and try to avoid it or whatever, it's just hard when it comes to that point, right? Like so, so, <laughs> but I mean, it would be typical course of business in construction that as you're building, it, like say you do quarterly remittance, which a lot of developers do. So it, you know, say they pay in a quarter, they're building ten houses. You know, they got. Couple million dollars out, and of that, five hundred thousand or whatever is HST. They、yeah. want to get that back before waiting until next year. Yeah. So they file quarterly. They get these deposits back. So it helps them. It gives them cash to build with. Yeah.、Uh, and that's all the HST they paid out to these contractors. And then it comes time the house is done. They're going to sell it. Now they fork out and 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 pay the amount when they get the sale. So. It stops them from having so much out of pocket. So, so for you, it would be normal course of business for you to get a big deposit into your account,、uh, and and then you、one. start remitting to them,、uh, you know, on a quarterly basis or a yearly or what, however you do it、uh, for、yeah. what you collect. Yeah, that's just my understanding. Like I, unfortunately, do deal with this stuff. Like with our camp, we we remit, and、uh, you know, I have a construction business. Same deal. Like we're we're doing that stuff, and you know, we're commercial use on our camp. So when we bought it. Yes, HST was applicable, but we got it back right away.、Mm-hmm. So when we bought the, you know, approximately one point five million dollar camp, thirteen percent HST is applicable. Oh, but we're an HST registrant, so that just cancels out, and you get it back. And、uh, and then of course, you know, people who stay at our camp pay HST.、Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just applying the logic I know,、uh, and I put this out to the people listening on the podcast. Go talk to your accountant, like. Press them on this. If if you're looking at doing a strategy where this is relevant, yeah, you know, push and then, them on it. And then depending on your accountant, one accountant might not be specialized. So I actually pay money、yeah. for HST specialists to give yeah, us a statement、exactly. of it. And they of course tell you what the books stated. Yeah, and then, which is like what tr- transfer the HST. It's really looking at the end user, right? If you rent out,、yeah. so someone's the end user. But did you express that this was your goal? Like I, I know you were thinking about living it. You were the end user. Yeah. But then it looks like in the interim, switch, in、yeah. the interim, the plan's slightly different,、yeah. right? So、yeah. now it might be time for another conversation. Yeah. So a hypothetical. Let's do some hypotheticals here. Yeah. So definitely yeah. consult yeah. your accountant. Consult a few. I check with like four or five already. So that's the thing. And you, anyone、oh. who watches this, will know. Like I've had a few accountants on the show, and I pretty much ask them all this question, and I get a different, <laughs> slightly different response. Yeah. And I, I, the one conclusive thing is that there's no bulletproof thing when it comes to the Airbnb side of things. If you are renting out an Airbnb、uh, house and it's not arm's length, like it's your company that's doing the leasing, like even if you do a a year lease to your company, that's not arm's length. So they might still want to implicate you and say that that's commercial use of property and blah blah blah. Again, all nonsense. Like let's just be completely upfront about that. But we're just talking. If you're going to play the game of Monopoly, you know the rules of Monopoly. Yeah, let's just leave it there. I don't want to even get it more complicated. Say that it's my principal residence on exemption, but I'm not going to go there. I think that just like <laughs> there's there. Yeah, this is an onion for Cody, but I just thought this is a relevant discussion. So I appreciate you、uh, humoring that discussion there. Yeah.、Uh, but yeah, tell me.、Uh, Tell me, like, what that looks like. What you see as potential from an Airbnb standpoint. One, what did it cost to build this、uh, this nice house you've created?、Uh, so the the house in the back costs us about half a million all in.、Hmm. When I say half a million, that includes asphalt for the whole driveway. That includes、mm-hmm. all the fencing. Yeah, and that includes the the gazebo in the back. That includes everything down to the furniture. So that's. I'll say half a million. So a half a million all in, and 
um, obviously there's an additional tax amount that you have to pay. Like that, no, that, that's all in with HST. No, no, no. So I'm saying um, for property tax, they're going to reassess you if they haven't already. They, I don't think they they yet done that. Um, yeah. So so let's say they add two thousand okay. dollars a year to your taxes. <laughs> What's that in, increased your insurance by to ha insure that back house as well? So the interesting thing is uh, I checked this again. Check a real insurance broker. Our front house and back house is a different insurance. So completely separate insurance. Yes. And okay. I, I thought I was so obscure, but I checked with both, and they're okay with that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And because the back house is more short-term rental, yeah. The front house is with TD Malosh, right? They don't want to touch any. Yeah, of they won't do any of that stuff. So, no. and then yeah. our back house, I think, is about, I think, like two thousand, maybe two thousand per year. I think for the insurance. That makes sense. Yeah, we got a really good quote, preferred by some of the big accounts that have mm -hmm. short-term rental. So. Yeah, okay. And then um, utilities on that back. Is it well in septic? No, no, no. It's, it's all city. We have to whole city water, like tee off. Okay, right so you caught back. it. Do you, you have proper fall? Like you didn't proper you have to, fall. You didn't do a sewage ejector or anything like that? Uh, no, we have a proper fall. Yeah. And back to. <laughs> Back to the street. Yeah. The street. Yeah. And then electric is electrical is separate. And yeah, gas, we have another gas line. So you have trenching. separate gas, separate electric, a separate water meter as well? Water meter, basically, water comes in and we have a flow meter at the main unit. Oh, okay. So you and just track just, it. We just track yeah. it backwards. Yeah. Subtract. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So mostly separate utilities. That's a similar way I did my front back uh, duplex when I added the rear unit. The only thing I didn't separate was the water because it was going to be like $30,000 to do. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. probably a flow meter is 700 Yeah, bucks, yeah. So. Did you have to dig into the street? Or did, did you guys connect inside your property line for the sewage? So we caught that. That was a big thing why I had local contractors because the city put a stamp on it without recognizing that they need to do some kind of study, height study and all that. So we were like, oh, you guys put a stamp on it. They're like, no, mm -hmm. no, no, we need you to do this. So that was going to cost 50000 So mm -hmm. my contractor was really good. Talk with mm -hmm. the city. We sat down and kind of negotiated. Hey, you missed that one. So I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. You got to give me a big break here, right? Because yeah. you missed that one. You put a stamp on it. You can't come back to me and say, you didn't talk to the water department. So we got a little bit break there. So yeah, that was kind of solved. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, my stamp's already on it. Yeah. That, we'll have to make it work. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, that's all right. So you self-manage the Airbnb side of things? Um, right now is managed by Claudette um, and, you know, Claude is in the banking industry and mm -hmm. because I follow my entrepreneur journey and I bring her to a lot of short-term rental to different yeah. events, she's inspired now to really have a second stream of income or eventually replace that mm -hmm. and become an entrepreneur. Just at least have the time and location freedom. Yeah. So she really enjoyed the Airbnb side because she's a branch manager at RBC. So she's already... Yeah. all that front end and i was yeah. telling her your management experience of managing a team of people it's going to be so crucial when you become an entrepreneur because yeah it's likely you're going to manage just yeah you manage people yeah so she was so amped up and we're gonna scale up on that side we nice. our, our goal like i'm not going to put the goal in her mouth but my own goal is if we're going to do this uh airbnb scale up of airbnb arbitrage and all that not in canada most likely in u.s mm -hmm. we want to hit seven figure in one year i'm going to help her do that Beautiful. gross Right, and then yeah. I can help her build a team because I have like three to four teams yeah. already. So, so let's uh, let's go through the rest of these numbers here because um, we'll talk potential rents because I know you're seeing like what's possible, and um, that's great. We're seeing real rents, and we know what the long term rent is. We're yeah. getting about 
two times. Two, two, so, yeah. So we'll we'll walk through the individual units. Um, let's starting at the the front house. It's the duplex. Legal duplex. So so you you did the duplex yourself. Like Not you, myself, you hired it. Hire, yeah, you hired yeah, it. Yeah, hire. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't buy it that way. Uh, for, so the top unit is how much a month? Uh, twenty three hundred, and they pay all the utility. Okay, and then the bottom unit is eighteen hundred. Eighteen hundred. All, all their own utilities. utilities. Yeah, we basically charge them up yeah. front and they reconcile every um every quarter. And then the rear unit, what would that do? Uh, like, do you have an annual estimation of what it could do? I know you don't have a full year on that. Um, it's actually like we don't have a pool, we don't have a hot tub, so it's actually very similar to the legal duplex. Yeah, yeah, the so, number is very similar. Oh, so like the, the house as a whole. Yeah, yeah. So it'll do like four grand a month. Uh, no, so if I rent out long term, it's about three thousand to thirty five hundred, yeah. and then if you do a short term, yeah. again we only been started doing it since May. Yeah, and then summer and all that that we've been doubling that. So you've been getting like eight grand, or you can do eight grand. Yeah, be about six. And then yeah. I heard a lot of people told me that Airbnb is a lot slower this year because. I yeah. don't know if you get the same because I know your in-law have a big yeah. Airbnb portfolio, but we just heard that's 30% lower. Yeah, I've heard Airbnb slower this year. Like yeah. we're, we've ramped up at our camp. So like, yeah, it might be, but I mean, we've grown, we've tripled it. Yeah, it's good, yeah. good for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we've expanded, so. Yeah. Okay, so you think, like say you did put a hot tub in, let's do a hypothetical. So say you put a hot tub in, in that house, uh, the rear house, uh, maybe a wood sauna or something outside, like yeah. some amenities and, and dolled it up. Like, do you think you could average eight grand uh, a month on it? Well, I, I couldn't say it because I haven't you don't gone have the through. Sample. You like don't even have sample. right now, we're like, we're yeah. listing on MLS just to see if anyone want to rent it, fully furnished property for, oh, okay. for the slower season, which just takes yeah. some risks off, right? Yeah, and, and you see that the, like the summer's just gonna be busier in general. Yeah, summer has been great. We book back to back. We have like ninety yeah. percent occupancy rate, yeah. and that's first year we hit our super yeah. lows in first month and all that. But just we're trying to take some risks off for for the shoulder yeah. season. Lucky Look. you to get the super host the first month, and we had to do our we we just missed the cutoff for like it is quarterly, right? We just missed the first cutoff on they it. They said it's quarterly, but guess yeah. what? They review a lot earlier than quarterly. Like oh, we got it the first month. We don't know somehow. It just depends on when in the year you start. Because exactly. did you hit their quarter, right? Because it's yeah. on their quarter, like yeah. the end, on the calendar quarters. Yeah. 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 They cancel one of our reviews and then yeah. and then we got more come in and there's just in seven yeah. days. Like Claudia was like heartbroken. Mm -hmm. was like, oh, now we're going to wait until October 1st. And then a week later, super yeah. host. Like, oh my. Yeah. That, that was what we, we had to do. We had to wait until October 1st. So we got it. And like we close our camp October 15th. So yeah. <laughs> the first doesn't help that much. Um, so any, let's just say you could hypothetically average five grand a month on that, on Airbnb. Yeah, I'll say, yeah. Yeah, a hypothetical. Yeah. So then that's nine grand across the, the whole property. Um, let's go through. So um, I was originally gonna do this as just what that that unit added, like looking at that and it's uh, its own isolation. Maybe that's actually a better experiment. Maybe that's a better experiment. I think. Yeah, yeah. Let's just fun. look at that in its yeah. own isolation. So we'll just say five thousand dollar a month rent, sixty thousand a year. Your investment to get there was the five hundred thousand. Did you refinance based on that or no? Oh, yeah. We we pull out one hundred fifty k. Not a lot. So like that it was a perfect burr on that portion. 
I wouldn't say a perfect burr. We put in half a mil, we pull out hundred. Oh, you only, so you didn't get 500 plus 150. <laughs> no. You just got 150 yeah. back. Okay, yeah. hey, we'll, we'll come to that. So I just want to see how this is. So let's assume two grand more in taxes. So you spent the 500 to build, probably pay two grand more in taxes, two grand more in insurance for sure. We got a maintenance figure at three grand a year, which I think it's reasonable. covers some basics if you, know, you have to paint or repairs or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, utilities for that unit are probably going to be what? 3,500 a year? I'll say, yeah, reasonable. Yeah. Okay. And then um, management, you're just doing it yourself. So I've got a 1% works out to be 600 bucks to just allow for management tools or what have you. Yeah. Uh, landscaping and snow for the for that area. Yeah, for uh, grass cutting, we pay 75 bucks bi-weekly. Mm -hmm. Snow plowing, I've been putting on my calendar. I haven't had a chance to find someone, but I think mm -hmm. we'll probably, you know, most likely um, depending on how we rent it out, but we probably need the driveway shuffle whenever there's mm -hmm. a big snow. Yeah, you're probably gonna be, you're probably gonna be, um, I don't know, closer to two grand by the time you're you're all uh, all in. Two grand per year. For, like for including snow, snow and your lawn, like a thousand for the season for snow. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, like it could be worse. It depends on if it's a bad, like it's all, what kind of contract do you get? Do you get a contract that's fixed or do you get one that's just, hey, every time we come out, we'll charge you this? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if it was this past year, that would have been great. We barely had any snow. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, it just depends on the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got it all in the summer, just nothing but rain. Uh, <laughs> consumables for that house, like, would you know 100 bucks a month cover it yeah yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say yeah 100 bucks per month we just have some coffees nice coffees coffee. toilet paper paper towel all that yeah. stuff i think it'll be yeah i probably don't even spend a uh, 100 a month maybe 70 75 it's fine put 100 bucks we'll we leave be it on a conservative we'll side. leave it yeah. Yeah, yeah so um you know we, we've done this on the show a couple of times like look at you know what can actually get a good cap rate like as an investment yeah and your cap rate on that. So if it does five grand a month, 60 grand a year with all those expenses we just went through and then a, a miscellaneous for 500 bucks for just whatever might come up, that's a 9.6% uh, return. So if you invested in that cash, the 500 cash out of pocket, that's 9.6% cash on cash. And yeah. then you've got appreciation potential, mortgage pay down is something that, that can be factored in this, in this as well. Um, you said you did just uh, what a hundred and fifty thousand on that. Yeah, back. Yeah. So, so yeah, and then we br bring down the interest rate to about I think six point one nine. Is it a thirty year AM on that? Uh, I think it's twenty five. Twenty five. interest. Yeah, because we're getting the funding today. So, you know, now for people who doesn't know, they used to give out check. Now it's all wire. So literally dropping it I think in your right account. Now, if I log into my account, yeah. I actually see that. Hi friends, I just wanted to take a moment away from the episode to tell you about my brand new structured coaching program. This is the first time I've ever offered a structured coaching program where we'll have regular meetings in addition to an intro call uh, to go through what your goals are and help you get on a plan to achieve those goals within real estate. So if you followed me for some time and you feel that I would be a fit for you to help you achieve your goals in real estate based on my skill set, based on the topics we cover on this show, I encourage you to head over to my website, andrew-hines.com forward slash coaching and fill out the questionnaire so that we can schedule a call and figure out if it's a fit for us to work together. Let's face it, most people could benefit from a second set of eyes and ears going over their strategies, different deals that they're looking at, and helping to springboard ideas back and forth. This is a program that's exactly for that. 
So if you're looking to build confidence in what you're doing in real estate investing and get very clear on what it is you're trying to accomplish, this might just be the program for you. Take a moment, fill out that questionnaire and let's schedule a chat. So here's the cool thing like that, that endeavor. Yes, you do have a fairly large chunk of money into it, uh, but you're getting like $3,000 a month cash flow on it. Yeah. I mean, like it's a hypothetical because you haven't done a full year yet and yeah. you know how those numbers shake out. Also, you'll have some decisions to make whether you <laughs> you continue going down that route or if you just do long-term rental, right? This is yeah. a hypothetical. Or mid-term rental, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. Yeah. But it, uh, yeah. like truthfully, when I go into this property, I look at it, I try to make the best decision. Like I, I own so many property, but I never move in to one, I would say, because I didn't, never need that kind of space and whoever ever mm -hmm. invests i don't really want to live there <laughs> yeah i've i've done that for a real long time like i i just i never owned the place i i lived in i always just i i owned rentals yeah but, and there's more flexibility on yeah. the mortgage side and all that so mm -hmm. but that was this is the first time we're like you know what we're gonna plunge in some money might not make the most investment sense but yeah. it's really for the lifestyle and for a more important thing a lot of people keep looking at the money and then they sacrifice a lot i know Defer gratification is a big thing, but I'm now like, okay, Claudia's on the line. We work so hard for this. This is the time that we actually treat ourselves nicely and we work harder, not harder, but work smarter mm -hmm. and really enjoy it because we're only young once and we don't do reckless things, but this is the property that don't make the most sense in terms of number, but it give mm -hmm. us the lifestyle, give us the option if we're gonna move in. Yeah. Well, if we're being honest about Ontario in general, does anything really make sense? Like, I mean, can you really, there's some exceptions, like, and, and when I say it's an exception, it's like it might break even or make a hundred bucks a month. But uh, with the interest rates where they are, the property uh, property prices where they are, like, are you seeing deals that are even worth looking at in Ontario? And I'm not saying they don't exist. I, there's always a deal, but in general, um, you know, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I like, I would say, I'm not the best person to s say that, but we are starting to look at a lot of off-market deals because, you know, just for more selfish reasons that in-laws in Oakville, we start looking at some of the off-market deals. So mm -hmm. we have any in Burlington, Oakville, send them my way because we're maybe just going to buy one. Like as a home. As a home. But in the meantime, we look at it as an investment property mm -hmm. because we already have a principal residence. Yeah, in Bowmanville. We're going to see how it goes. and. It's just a tax switching yeah. thing, right? It's still 50 kilometers away. We can still use that yeah. residence exemption. But um, do, do, there are always deals, but just that with the high interest rate, it really depends on what you're gonna do. Are you gonna flip it, more risk? Are you gonna try to <laughs> buy it now for cash flow? Hey, first you make sure you, you can qualify for it because <laughs> Yeah, things are changing. And, and this is where I, I think like the biggest angle that still exists is getting that um, five plus unit CMHC uh, MLI select. If you can get up to the 50 year amortization, you can start really making it more of an interest only loan. It's not yeah. completely, but it it helps get that that debt service down, which should help you be into the deal for less and still potentially have a cash flowing opportunity. Yeah. Um, I think that those deals are still like, I have another show, REI Hot Seat, and Jake brings those on here and we talk about them. Even with the high interest rates, you can still find a way to, you know, it, it's usually paired with a creative strategy. How are you going to do it? Are you going to yeah. turn over units? Are you going to, yeah. are you going to convert this unit? And that can still be done. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just a question like, and I think a lot of people, and I've seen a, I've seen a pretty big exodus um, from Ontario in general, whether it be going east or west, 
or going south into the states. Um, I've seen all of the above, but there are still some people who are just diehard Ontario, and it's going to be Ontario. This is where they invest, and that's cool too. It's just it's going to be a bit harder uh, yeah. in general. It doesn't mean you can't find great deals. I think like what I really want to kind of add on to that is people get to understand the purpose of their that investment. Are they really trying to rely on the cash flow? Because mm-hmm. like I introduced this concept called fast money, medium money, and slow money. I yeah, I talk about right. the exact same. I call it short money, medium money, long money. There we go. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Let's bump on that. And the fast money could be from flipping or from your building. Yeah. Return. You know, unless you're yeah, your active business, yeah, says I pay you uh, every week, once every two weeks, yeah, and you can have a wholesaling or like a, you know, a coaching program, all that stuff, or you have different things that pay you on a regular basis, yeah. on retainer, all that. Once you have to figure out the second part, of the medium money is maybe a burr, right? You yeah, buy a, a year out or something. Fix, yeah. fix or upper, it might take longer yeah. time, might take more money, and then. The last one is the buy and hold. Uh, you're okay, might not work now, but I'm buying it for 20, 30 years. Yeah. I, if I have to dump money. If you got the patience for that. So, yeah. but you got to know where you're doing. And then, you know, my, my son, the strategy for the stock option fits into the fast money. That's why a lot of real estate investors are using. That's why mm-hmm. you know, Wealth Genius asked me to talk to her because a lot of people don't have mm-hmm. a way of making fast money or don't yeah. have the time or the flexibility to do wholesaling. But a flipping. lot of people yeah. like, you know, <sighs> I know uh, like some of my coaching students and stuff, they want to quit their jobs. Like they just want to get out of my job right away. I'm like, well, your job might be an asset for you in the short run until you figure out how to be an entrepreneur. Cause that's not to be taken lightheartedly. No, like it took me four years. Being an entrepreneur <laughs> is mentally the, one of the hardest things you could do. Like the security of a job. And I, it's actually a false sense of security cause they could just take it away from you. Yeah. You could be fired, laid off. Like the, any, like that's actually the most risky thing you could do. But going out and having to be responsible for your own schedule your own initiatives mm-hmm. you can make as much or as little business as you want make as many or as few calls as you want um like that can for a lot of people break them and it mm-hmm. almost broke me early on like i just mm-hmm. I, I didn't have the the discipline um and it, it it wasn't until i really hit my stride with the active like construction side of things where yeah. i'm like okay i got the short thing sort of figured out a bit better now yeah, but uh, holding myself to a high standard of productivity all the time is is always the challenge. Yeah, because and, no one's forcing me. Yeah. It's like no one's checking the clock. Hey, did Andrew get into the office by nine a.m.? <laughs> but but the, what yeah. what's really like motivating me and keeping me on track is that I always think about how many people I need to pay per month. Yeah, they're my priorities. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't think of it that way. <laughs> I think of that more as like, holy crap, like, <laughs> like on our camp for two weeks, I, I made a payment for 13,000 and change. Yeah. For for payroll. Yeah. And uh, my payroll is bigger than that, but yeah. But that, I mean, that's not the full payroll. No, that, yeah, yeah. so August will look like a $30,000 a month just for that company alone. That's yeah. not even including my other employees for other companies. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, as a business owner, you you have a different level of profit, but at the same time, different level of stress and obligation to yourself and to your employee. That could keep you going or it could break you. And there's always going to be up and down the business too, right? So mm-hmm. as an owner, I, I think like for me, I early on, like first year, I was just doing on my own, made great money. Mm-hmm. Second year, my profit margin went down a lot because I started hiring people. Yeah. Hiring people with a growing pain, and you know the stock market shift a little bit, 
right? And then mm. it started going down. So less people are interested. There was a lot of momentum. People go back to work. And, and then now we're like, okay, so a lot of my competitors stopped their business and all that. This is the best time. How do we, if, like, if I go into any business, it's like, if I can't be the top three, if not the top one, I will not be in mm -hmm. that business. I've been in my coaching business for four years because I believe I'm on my way to be top one if I'm not in the your top, top. Are you referring to the options trading? Yeah, option trading. Uh, yeah, so, so you do the education on that. I know we talked briefly about that last time you were on. Yeah. Um, so uh, for a refresher, because no one's talked about this in a while on the show. Um, and there's you're, a reason you're, for that. Why, yeah, well, because there was a couple of hard years there, and I think a lot of people yeah. just decided to, to scrap it. Like, give me the scoop. Like, how many people are still doing this? Are most of the people that were doing this like two years ago and before still doing the options trading? Very, very good topic. So yeah. the reason why a lot of people got in during COVID is because you're locked up at home. Like, we have a chunk of money. We have some free check coming in from the government. Where are we going to put this? Oh, now might be a good time. Because yeah. high inflation, think about investing. What's the easiest thing? Well, locking at home, let's go watch some YouTube video. Yeah. Let's go learn about stocks. Yeah. And then the stock market went up from March, you know, March 2020 to really January 2022. What's a yeah. straight line up? But so with that, the real estate prices, it came came down. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 like stock market is usually about a few months ahead of real estate. So mm -hmm. the stock market started coming down and the real estate yeah. started coming down in March, right? So mm -hmm. that's when everyone, a lot of people in risky stuff and they just know enough to be dangerous. They were like in a lot of high growth stock. They got hurt a lot, right? So mm -hmm. um, that's when <laughs> we, I, I saw that coming like, this is ridiculous. We need to scale back the risk and how do we make it more consistent? Because a lot of my clients are looking for, they're already in real estate, 87% of a, a real estate investor, yeah. business owner. They're looking for a consistent cash flow. So we try to take away a lot of the variables that were causing the inconsistency. That is picking individual stocks. Mm -hmm. A lot of time you pick five stocks, four goes up, one goes down. The one that goes down offset entire profit. Yeah. Right. So taking away that <laughs> a lot of time and effort that put into picking a stock and truthfully, even Warren Buffett said it, it's hard to beat it. So that's why we really come back to the S&P 500. Yeah, like the indexes. Indexes, right? And now all our selling option, like an insurance company, right? We get paid premium, that's our cash flow. Are you selling options against the index? Yeah, we, well, we have wow. been doing that for the last two years. And yeah. first, you don't have to pick stocks, less time, yeah, less stress. That's pretty straightforward. And second, yeah. second, there's less volatility. Yeah, I would think A so. A lot less volatility. And third is, yeah. So are you like NASDAQ, S&P 500? S&P 500 only. only? Like we look at NASDAQ, but yeah. NASDAQ's too volatile. We're, we're like, we're targeting to make like 1.5 to 4.5. My account's on par to make 40. And truthfully, like I only spent 30 minutes per week. It's We're not looking for the ultimate return, right? I know there's other programs that make 100% per month, sorry, 100% per year. The moment someone come on and say that, I'm like, hey, you're, we're not a good fit. But we yeah. have to beat the index of eight to ten percent. Otherwise, it's not. Yeah, is that what it is over the past year? Like the well, the index itself has gone up. I'm just looking at it over the past year. It went up from just under four thousand to forty five hundred ish. Yeah, about about yeah. yeah. So like so, if we don't beat the index, what's the point of even learning it? And it's been thirty minutes per week after you learn it. So we have to beat the index. Are you still selling puts? Is that the the angle? Yeah, we have puts, we have calls. Covered calls have, if you happen to get your put called. Um, our strategy, yeah. um, so 
our beginner strategy is about selling puts, getting a sign only for long term. But yeah. if it's a true fast money and yeah. set in that strategy that TD Bank keep asking me to go back to talk about it. In case you guys don't know, if you lock into your TD Bank account, you might see me 25% of the time my face there. You're on the TD Bank vlog? Yeah, like, like <laughs> TD Direct Investing, if you lock in, like people come up to me, is that you? I'm like, I promise you, I cannot see your account. Okay, that's just their internal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot see your account. I cannot, I promise. Oh, and People are funny, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really for the people who are looking for consistency, less time, they want to beat the index, but more consistent way. We're not looking for. So if the index is doing how much on average, historically what, like 12% or 11? 10 yeah. per year for the last 30 years. Okay, eight to 10. That's what Warren and, Buffett- And what are, your, yeah. what are your students like aiming to get? Well, some of them are they're even busier. They make about 1.2 to 1.5 per month. And my account is on part- Like percent? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, per month. So that's about- yeah, 18%. 18%. Yeah. Right. For them, as I, like, hey, if I can get more than private lending, I have full control. I don't want to rent mm -hmm. on promissory notes. I don't know where the yeah. money is going. And then, you know, on the higher ends, mm -hmm. some of my students are making 54 because they're a little bit more interested, passionate about it. But I'm in the middle. I just want to showcase yeah. that with a seven figure account, you can make the minimum amount of effort after you learn it 30 minutes per week. And I, I'm not suggesting anything. People just see it. All my students see it. I even show on Instagram and Facebook and, and YouTube. I have been running that account, I think since last September, the public account, because I pull it out. Um, my my lawyer told me, Cody, just be very careful. There's a lot of fraud. Uh, fraud. People can call into IBKR and pretend to be you. You know that. Because, they can, show see, my account because they can see information. I just yeah. want to be fully transparent. Yeah. By the same time, my lawyers are, you got to protect yourself. So separate that account. Mm -hmm. The maximum they can take is 25,000. So I'm like, okay, that's usually what most people start with to try Yeah, out. yeah. So, so you're I, just growing a $25,000 yeah, account. Yeah, so I'm going to grow it for 10 years. So when when did you start? That one, we started end of September last year. Okay. And that what's, what's it at? What's it at right now? I'm like 35% right now. Like 35% uh, up. Okay. Yeah. Up. So we're almost up to yeah. one year, right? So that's nice. why. Yeah, that's why I think like a lot. So this is like this is your active strategy for like living that and coaching or your short money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. And what's yeah. the typical turnaround on on uh like a put option? Like how how often are people getting paid? And here's the part because a lot of real estate investors like Cody, I know about selling put on individual stock, but I got stuck for such a long time. I I'm looking for the next property. But meanwhile, I need somewhere to make money. Mm -hmm. So our setting that strategy is actually, we don't need to own anything. We have a percentage calculated out to be 98% chance of winning. There's 2% chance we might take losses. In but other words, keep making, having to acquire the stock because your, yes, put, your put hits a strike settle. price. That's yeah, why we're on S&P yeah. 500. Yeah. Because it's cash settle. We don't own anything. We just take yeah. profit. Yeah. And then every time we put in a trade, we set it as in profit taking, mm -hmm. profit losses. The moment we put in the trade, it's already there. So mm -hmm. you can even be without internet if you want to. Oh, okay. So you, you oh, you predetermine if this happens, we then- We put in a bracket Yeah, order, yeah, okay. Right? And yeah. the moment it's filled, the both- So when you say cash settle, like you don't even want to acquire the stock, you'll just like, you'll We're just not. pay out. We're really getting the premium, just like an yeah. insurance company. We're getting the- theta. No, no, of course. Yeah. yeah, so that's in an ideal, you just get the insurance premium. But then if it goes the other way and it hits the strike price, yeah, uh, so we usually never get let it hit. There's 2% chance we'll get a hit because usually we're like 10, 15% away. So you set a parameter to just yeah, uh, to, to the, just rebuy your put. 
if it if it we would the, close it we yeah close, close your right? position yeah, so yeah. then yeah so that lingo i you can tell i don't actually do this stuff so <laughs> no that's fine <laughs> just that's looking good. in from the outside no that's uh, good yeah most yeah. We, we just play a probability game yeah and we we're helping people who are already really yeah. busy have a full-time job but they want another stream yeah. of cash flow right yeah. and they don't need to know the most and pick stocks and all those crazy stuff right we're yeah. taking away the risks yeah miss minimum amount of time and stress and they have the ability to pull out the money usually within 10 to 20 days because each of our trade expiration that was about 45 days and usually we close it in 10 to 20 days so if they need the money out they can oh you close them early that's okay always so even if they're like i need yeah. the money out I yeah. need to pull it out. Okay, Cody, I need to take a 2% loss to take it out. Cool. If you know, on average, you make you know, double yeah. digit per year. Okay. You don't worry about a one loser. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just walk me through like closing those positions early. Um, so if we walk through the initial concept, it's you're selling insurance against the stock going down. In this case, it's an index of yeah. S&P. So a unit of the index, it, you know, say it's trading at 45.24 right now. You're you're saying, you know, if it goes down yeah. to 4,000, or what would your yeah, if price it's, be? If it's uh, like within 45 days, if the S&P 500 stays about 4,000, yeah. like 10 to 15% down, if it yeah. stays above that, yeah. I collect all the premium. You collect all the premium. So is that the, the kind of strike price you might set, like $500 less than it's currently trading? Yeah, about 10 to 15% away. Away from so it. So because the yeah. reason why we look at that is that from the stats standpoint, every one to two years, there might be about a 10 to 15% correction. It could go up yeah, or go yeah. down. you could have a big event and all of a sudden you know you're getting yeah you know you're, you're having to buy a whole bunch of the stock now you might say well i i, I wouldn't mind owning s p especially at a discount like that's a, yeah. it's but a very not, diversified I'll, portfolio of stocks yeah but setting down strategies where we have to fast money so we are yeah. intent to get paid the cash flow yeah so can, yeah you're not looking proceeds. to do that so if you did have to buy the stocks like but your strategy won't even allow for no that. it won't even allow we take for that. the proceeds to go sell puts or go yeah. buy a whole or go mm -hmm. fund your lifestyle, fund yeah. your expense. Yeah. Right? Um, that was the premise yeah. of that. So, and, and just to reiterate for anyone not familiar with this, so this is basically like Cody selling insurance. He's selling insurance against the S&P 500 going down. And what do people pay for insurance? They pay a premium. So they're paying Cody, you know, a few hundred bucks. Uh, and Cody's betting that the S&P won't go down so that he, you know, for that reason, he's collecting that 300 bucks. And as long as those 45 days pass, or if you close the position early. Yeah, usually 10, 20 days. Okay, so say, drop more than yeah, 10%. then you get paid. So hypothetically, if you let them pass the 45 days, you and it doesn't go down to the strike price, you collect that whole premium, yeah. that's your money. Yeah. Uh, and you didn't buy the stock, you don't even own it, or yeah. the index. Even if you case. get challenged on those positions, you, you're not obligated to buy 100 shares of S&P 500. No, you're not no. obligated because it's cash settle and we have a So mechanism. you do a cash settle, so you just do a mechanism. So you might set it up that you're selling the put for 4,000 strike price, but you have a mechanism that- We actually that, do that, a bit of spread, like put, spread just means a fancier words, we have a hedge put in. Yeah. So we, minim we, we reduce the amount of margin requirement because if COVID yeah. happens, but we want yeah. to make sure yeah. our student, let's say if each yeah. trade costs about 5,000, each trade we are allocating 20,000 and we know the maximum amount of margin requirement yeah. because during COVID, they do re yeah. increase the margin well, requirement. This is what I wanted to ask you. So what happens if you've got to buy out of your position? So you've collected a premium and now yeah. you want to close that position earlier. That means you're going to have to pay something to close it earlier. Yeah, that, but you're in profit though, right? If you yeah, pay 200 bucks, you pay back a hundred, you yeah, still keep yeah. the hundred. Yeah, so they, but what if it, What if you're like right down near your strike price, then it's going to cost you even more to, call yeah. it to buy it back, right? Very good question. Yeah. So usually before we hit the strike price, we already have a mechanism That's what I was set about. in for a stop loss. 
stop loss and that can we, be automated it's based right on, yeah it's automated yeah so the moment we, the position is filled we yeah. put in something called a bracket order yeah. so we have a stop profit we have a stop loss yeah but if it if you're more like less hands off you're more yeah. hands off you're like okay just let it hit okay based on probability you're still going to yeah. be profitable in the long term but if you're like cody i know you talk about the active management skills like, okay what is that right if you're more savvy mm-hmm. like our more advanced student then we can actually adjust the position and like you know we have the brackets mm-hmm. down here we can adjust it from four thousand to the thirty nine hundred mm-hmm. we can actually get paid more to adjust it out the position we had it 45 okay. days 20 days passed and we got challenged let's move out another 45 days we could pay 200 bucks you, oh you can do that we so there's that. a lot of flexibility yeah. that, that uh, you yeah. can do here. and then we're really yeah. banking on there's less yeah. volatility we're not picking individual stocks s p 500 yeah. is not going to go to zero right i mean it seems like very unreasonable to think that yeah and this is something where you can anyone can look at the s p and see how it's performed in downtimes good times and get yeah. a general idea of what's likely it doesn't mean you know anything for sure but uh you know it, it gives an idea the reason i bring this up is not to educate people on how to do this stuff because i don't even know how to do it i mean i know in theory uh but uh just I'm, I was curious, you know, are there real estate investors still doing this? Because it seems so anyone who wants to learn more about this, you can go back to the uh, old episode with Cody on it. Um, yeah, also, old episode when we talk about yeah. selling put options on individual stocks, but we never yeah. talk about on an index. our set and done strategy yeah, and why yeah. TD Bank yeah. asked me to go back two years in a row. And that's really talking about that. Yeah, yeah. talk about because they, they don't even do that. Like you can't even use TD's app to, to trade puts, <laughs> right? <laughs> so off the record, TD yeah. asked me to not mention what we're trading, just say S&P 500 because uh, TD platform cannot trade S&P 500 future options. They don't okay. have any future options. Yeah. So we use interactive brokers. Yeah, that's IB, IB Care. So yeah, my point is that you can see the old episode with Cody. There's old episodes with Irwin. I think a few other people have been on that have yeah. talked about doing this. But uh, just check out my YouTube channel. It's all free. And yeah, you have more education on that I too? I keep okay. pumping out once yeah. per week video about it. So yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So is your estimation then like, just kind of ear to the ground because I haven't been paying attention to this at all. Uh, you know, would you say like only 20% of people who were doing this during like the lockdowns are still doing it or even less? Like we continue to have, um, we're, we're actually limiting the amount of students we're taking because mm. I, I stay very honest with our capability of the ratio between our coaches. Well, we, mm. Right now we have three coaches, right? Okay. We're trying to hire the fourth, all from within, but some yeah. of them are not ready. Oh, like your own students that you just hire? Yeah, yeah, coaches, we hire yeah. them because they're training. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're doing it. And yeah. we have, you know, we can only take five per month and all that. Um, but a, I will say a lot of people stop doing it, maybe because they got hurt a lot. But on and, the flip side, a lot of people got hurt, but they know that they were doing it wrong and they realized that, okay, mm-hmm. A lot of time when I talk about this, people understand understand why this is valuable instead of just banking on individual stocks. It mm-hmm. might drop, you're not getting paid any premium on cover call. People, you know, yeah. different level of people. But um, yeah. if they want a fast money, I want to call it fast money. They want a consistent fast money and they're between deals or they want to replace a full-time yeah. income. This set and that strategy will fulfill that. But the selling yeah. options on individual stocks I don't think it will fulfill that because that's more mid to long term because you can get stuck in there. You get stuck with the stock for a, a long little, time. One yeah. stock on its own is more volatile than an index of stocks. For sure. Has to be. Yeah. Uh, so that makes sense. I mean, anything you're going to invest in, you want to know, hey, what could I earn? What's my downside? How do I hedge yeah. that risk? And I, I like that you talked about doing stop losses, you know, things that were, are built in mechanisms 
And I, again, this is coming from an uneducated position on this. Um, I like the idea that there's something like that there. I, I would want to dig into how foolproof that is. You know, what if I try and buy out my position and there's some sort of delay on the other end and I can't or, or the automated system yeah. fails or, you know, but I'm sure you have answers to all that stuff, which we don't need to go deep in now uh, because it's probably a technical answer. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but good to know. So what's, so that's your short money. Uh, what did you do, remind me, uh, prior to being an entrepreneur in this type of stuff? I was an engineer. engineer. I was working for Honda. Honda, okay. I was a project manager. Okay. I was doing all the way from problem statement to coming out with um, a contractor of tendering mm -hmm. and then in interviewing the contractors and follow through the supervision to see it yeah. come through at an industrial environment. So what type of engineering did you study? I was a mechanical, mechanical. business. Nice. That's busy. <laughs> which uh, which school do you go to? U of T, University of Toronto. Okay. And when did you get out of that? Like what year? Um, I, I did a one year, 16 months of internship. So I fully, fully graduated 2015. 2015 and worked for a couple of years? Yeah, I, I would say from 2013 to 2014. So 16 months there. And then from 2015 to 2019, Honda and I moved to a, a closer company in North York because I always want to come back to the city. Mm -hmm. I miss a lot of those and I drive down on the weekend. I work a lot of overtime back then. But um, yeah. yeah, 2019 was when I moved to mid management in North York. And then after six months, I'm like, you know what? I just. You just went out on your own. Yeah. yeah. I have some income replaced. Most yeah. of the income is replaced. I'm like, if I'm going to do something at age 29, this is the time I got to think about it. Yeah. And I, I took a few months off, traveled to Spain, and I come back with, you know what, I'm gonna start a YouTube video. I don't know how to do it, I'm gonna start it. And that's when pandemic hit, yeah. and everything I'm like, there's no difference in my life, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, from what I gather, I mean, people who talk educatedly on stocks and, and what they're doing get views on YouTube, and highly monetizable views too. Uh, both from a YouTube advertising standpoint. Not as much. Not as much as from that, but before, way more yeah. from direct monetization. Yeah. Like you selling stuff, like the piddly amount that YouTube gives me. This is why I never did it for like all these years. There's months I get paid 3,000. Don't get me really? wrong. Really? Oh, see, I don't get anywhere near that. Yeah, like my CPN at one time was over 100. Cost per million views. Million views. Every okay. thousand views, they pay me 100 bucks. There's one time. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyway, that's. mill, the Roman mill, a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. That's what CPM means, I think. Yeah. Cost per million. Yeah. From per mil, not not million, mil, M-I-L, yeah, which mil. is a thousand, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, so like the floor thickness, when they say it's like six mil, I'm like, six millimeter, it doesn't look six mil. <laughs> no, that's six, six uh, one thousandths. Yes, six <laughs> one thousandths. <laughs> that tie, yeah. Thou, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So uh, what's the, so, so that's the short, the short money. And it seems like it's been going well for you. Uh, obviously there's, there's stuff that people don't share um, precisely, I, no one likes talking about their losses or the challenging times. I'm not saying that you're guilty of that. No, I'm I, all I put it up on my YouTube. You channel. do, you share. Okay, there's so. an account that have some yeah. Palantir. I have some Neo, like those like electric car company. Mm -hmm. But I I share the losses, but I share the lessons from that and what people yeah. can do if they're there. Yeah, just well, like growth stock. It's important to talk about losses. Portfolio. Yeah, like the less. Yeah, weight in your portfolio, right? So I share all that. I, I'm like, most people don't share those. I gotta share those, right? Yeah. And whatever, you gotta, you gotta share account. when you lose. When, when you right? when you lose, you share about it because. And mm -hmm. I'm pretty transparent. I'll run through the deals on the stuff I'm doing, and yeah. it's like, hey, that wasn't a great one. 
Yeah. You know, it was okay, but it wasn't great. And, you know, I've had, like, I started out losing. So I've talked about that millions of times in this podcast. And you build more credibility yeah. and you're real, right? Yeah. You're real and people mm -hmm. learn more from them. Yeah. It, yeah. It, hey, if you play the game, you can get burned. And it's what you do when you get, get burned. Burn. Yeah. How do you respond? And you could do what I did when I first got burned in real estate. And I like tucked my tail between my legs and got out of it for a year and a half. And then I'm like, wait, what am I doing? I'm watching my friends and like my mother-in-law crush it, make hundreds and hundreds, you know, millions of dollars. And I'm just like, why am I on the sidelines? And I, it took me a while, but I got back in. Uh, I think that'll happen for a lot of people who've, you know, even done this. If this, if this was a thing for them, if they were enjoying it and they were doing well, they made a mistake and it was costly. You know, is it, it something you can recover from? Yeah, yeah, it takes time. Although, of course, the number one rule is not lose money. But hey, we're yeah. in this investing game, entrepreneurial game. We're here to figure out. I don't want to say we fall for, but just start smaller so that even if you fall, yeah. you can get back up, mm -hmm. right? And then just learn from there and learn from people already ahead of you. And that's why, you know, I have friends are younger than me. Friends are similar age. Friends are a lot older than me. Like mm -hmm. my godfather, you know, that's what I call my rich dad doing a lot of flips down in Orlando, not on any social media. He flipped about 30 houses for the last 10 years. He never borrowed money. It's all cash. All cash, oh, I like that, that's and great. And now it's all slow. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Cody, slow is good. Slow is good. And I learned a lot from him. He's like very street smart. He's like, when he's do flipping, he's down to like per toilet cost. Toilet, 150 bucks. Window, 200 bucks. He's I like down it. to that. So he's like yeah. itemize everything. We got a little friend here in the studio, huh? Yeah. We, we, we track a lot of these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, fly buzzing around for those who can't see the video. Uh, anyways, I think this is a first. I've never had this. Uh, but anyways, um, that's interesting. You got a rich dad. How'd you meet this guy? Uh, golf. So golf. Uh, about a few years ago, I started getting into golf and tennis on a more serious level. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I found a lot of old money is. A lot it's, of new it's money. It's very is. true, yeah. And also, it's a game I can play until I'm 80. I don't have to get into contact sport because I was playing basketball growing up, but I get yeah. a lot of injuries. Yeah. When I walk, my knee hurts. When I stop playing those, my yeah. knee don't hurt as much. Yeah. So I want to get into a sport that I meet great people. Yeah. And we have great talk. Golf's and a great I can play until that. I'm 80 yeah. years old. I really like golf for that. Like I've seen some, like, and it's the country clubs. You got to join the golf and country clubs. And I haven't done that yet because I, I really didn't locationally know where I would be. And right now it'd be pointless because I play like three times a year yeah. with the uh, the little one. <laughs> Don't mind me. Hey, this will make the YouTube version of this real interesting. Um, yeah, the flies back. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, to the point, like I see in Naples with the places, the community we stay in, that's a private golf course. Uh, it's two sets of, I believe it's 27 holes in total, actually. Uh, and it looks beautiful. I've never golfed it, but uh, the Ferraris I see there, I mean, just like the wealth I can see there. Uh, you can just only imagine the opportunities that would come up. The people you would meet, the lessons you would learn, the potential partners you would find uh, for monstrous deals. Yeah. Uh, because these are people who are probably busy doing their own thing and and they're there to meet people. People like you yeah. potentially who who do things. Yeah. Uh, and I know that's an investment. I think they said it was like 35,000 to buy in. Like that's not even that much. Like it's it's worse around here. Like if the Hamilton yeah, one's the like- The one I'm looking at nearby yeah. my house is 100K to buy yeah, in. Yeah, to buy in, yeah. yeah. Like and then the you got your annual fees on top of that. Yeah, like, and it's then not you, cheap. If you just won tennis, 30K, yeah. but you won golf, 100K. 
but it's such a nice one. And I, yeah, I get to know and who you meet. Like I get to know their their captain, and he, yeah. he's gonna invite me back in yeah. September. Yeah, like it. You gotta like break it, almost break it down into like how many deals would I need to do <laughs> to pay for that to justify that, and uh, you gotta be mentally ready for that if you're gonna do it. And I, yeah. I'm thinking like a lot of these marketing I'm doing because I have a podcast as well. Like Andrew, you've been on. Now we're all in person. We film oh, yeah, that's right. So you gotta come I back. I forgot on about again. that. <laughs> you're gonna come back on yeah. again. Like we have a filming yeah. day coming up. But like a lot of these marketing things, a lot of these joining the club, playing the tennis. I don't go out and say I need that money back right away because mm -hmm. I'm going out as a wrong intention. I'm truly going mm -hmm. out and make connections if I can help people, right? A lot yeah. of people are older than me, but I can help in my own ways because I know technology a lot better. Yeah. I can refer them and all that. So if you have the right mindset go mm -hmm. in there, you will meet great friends. Yeah. Now, I'm not like going in, I'm asking for money. Like people see it no, right no, no, through. No, no. You, like, you want the people who are, <laughs> think about your top five, like top five influences in terms of people, who are they and what are they? You know, are they people you went to high school with or are they people who are above your level that are kind enough to let you hang out with them and yeah. they pull you up? Yeah. And I love yeah. the like my godfather at, and then we're going on an Asian trip for three weeks in October mm. playing golf. They're all like 50, 60 yeah. like builders. They supply windows to builders, countertop. Yeah, yeah. They supply all kinds of stuff, right? And they're like, Cody, I, I, I really want to help you the next generation. And those are the people that will give everything to you. Because if you have the same yeah. kind of like friends around the same age, competitor, non-competitor, a lot of them has a little bit more ego, right? Mm. They don't want to share a lot of it. But yeah. People are ahead of you like Cody, man. I'm just counting my days on earth. Yeah. So learn all this. These are all my lost lessons. Yeah, man. Learn it. I'd be so interested if you want to set up around a golf with one of these guys. Get the I godfather mean, we, we back here. We play every week. And then we have like, you know, we have a part of a different golf club. I'll, I'll invite you on that. I won't be the September one, but the October one, I'll invite you. I'll, okay. I'll introduce you to all of them. Yeah, give give me a good heads up on that because I got to plan these. Got to get permission. October, <laughs> yeah. We, we'll talk offline. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. Let you know. We won't record that part. Um, anyway, so so uh, in, in a very short and uh, concise way, like what do you see as being the next five years for like sort of the long money for you? That's a great question. So um, for the next five years, this is the way I look at this. I know Alex Hermosi talk a lot about focus. Mm -hmm. I have other opportunities. And I truly think if I want to stay as the top one, if not only the top three in the stock option investing world, I need to like build up the whole team because we are mm -hmm. like launching a hedge fund. I know last time we talked about it, but I'm really waiting for a market to kind of be very volatile to so test mm -hmm. through it. And right after that, yeah. we're going to set up a hedge fund. Okay. To prove that this is what our account went mm -hmm. through, how we come back and all that. That's our long-term goal for sure. But in the midterm is like scaling up the coaching business to help more people because we all have a lot of referral mm -hmm. to have a good quality. Scale up to at least three mil per year gross. Okay. And then that's when I will start pivoting. And you know, now that Claudette, my fiance, wants to get into her. Airbnb arbitrage, and I will yeah. help her with my knowledge and her knowledge. I'll help yeah. her scale that to one million. And I think at that point, we don't have to worry anything about the fast money. Yeah. So now we're gonna take those proceeds. But where do we dump it? Uh, yeah. Some private equity. Uh, some 
back into the marketing some to buy a whole real estate you know, or some I think lo- you know long term development deals too like you can yeah. do you know stuff that that's where I think like long money I'm thinking like long term storage development other things like that which it actually doesn't even need to be that long couple of years yeah. uh, two to five years I know Nick and yourself talking Nick yeah, yeah, Nick, yeah, yeah Nick's doing it very aggressively he's uh, yeah. you know it's, it's very smart because to me I, I've always neglected the fast money a little bit or the short money because um, I just I, I was more excited about the long stuff like what, what's going to build that long-term wealth but yeah. you need all of them firing you need all of them yeah. because here's a story i'm going to share before yeah. i go but um some of you guys know a really top 10 wholesaler in canada um i'm not going to mention a name but if you guys go to wealth bus or my podcast he share everything so i'm only going to share the numbers when the market turn he has 18 flips on a go he has 10 million dollar hard money at 10 percent mm-hmm. and his partner flat mm. so the moment he knows because his bank called him and said where's your partner you're not paying yeah. he has to make a decision that should he go bankrupt should he go run out of the country should he go suicide or mm-hmm. is he going to ramp up the active business to make at least 100k per month to fill that hole yeah and thank god he made that decision yeah. to double down wholesale. He was going out to do what he, yeah. he has a team of five, but he going out to just yeah. knock on doors and doing what he was doing. Yeah, it's amazing what that. people can do when they're put when they're pushed. Yeah. And then he now is eight yeah. months in and he was like offloading half of it. He still have half to go, but he's like, yeah. Cody, I can finally breathe. But I'm so happy that went through, but it was a humbling experience. Very interesting. So anyway. Cool. Yeah. You, you well, probably good know to the person then. Yeah, I probably, I probably would. Podcast for yeah, sure. I'll have to, have to look into that. Uh, Cody, where do people reach you? Uh, just Cody A, type in Google, type in YouTube, Instagram. Yeah. You can't, I can't hide. It's okay. Yeah, I'll part. throw I'll throw your your Instagram handle and your YouTube in there. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Perfect. That'll be in the show notes. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, let's go uh, eat some food. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Cody. There are a lot of people out there talking about the infinite banking strategy and whether or not it makes sense for them. To find out what it's all about and if it's a fit for you, visit controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines, where my audience can gain exclusive access to books, podcasts, and webinars tailor-made for real estate investors.